Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to bring guest episodes into the repertoire of this podcast. And today we have a special guest joining us. And I want to give you a little background. Uh, Mariah and I have been connected for years. And around this time last year, so 2022, depending on when you're listening to this, um, Mariah invited me onto a podcast that she hosts with her co-host Shay. It's called Curiously Guided. It's a really great podcast. And the experience I had recording with them was the best experience I'd had recording on a podcast with anyone like ever. It was super expansive for me. And it started the, the seed of wanting to bring that into my own podcast. It actually planted the seed for that and for leaning into not necessarily like scripting everything out to a T. It was just a really wonderful experience. I'll link that episode in the show notes as well if you want to catch it. But I'm so excited that Mariah is on the show and sharing beautiful wisdom with you today. A little bit about Mariah. She is an award-winning organic SEO consultant and educator for online business owners over at MariahMagazine.com. She is a firm believer that showing up on Google, increasing your visibility organically and marketing your business doesn't have to be as difficult and overwhelming as everyone makes it. With eight plus years of experience as an entrepreneur in the online and digital marketing space, she has helped over like a hundred plus clients get their websites found on Google by implementing a strategy that feels both doable and aligned and this conversation, I won't call it an interview. It was a conversation that we had is just so magical. And I cannot wait for you to dive in. Welcome to Spacious, the podcast for business owners, leaders, and CEOs who desire simplicity, sustainability, and spaciousness in their lives and in their companies. In this podcast, we'll dive deep with lessons, perspective shifts, coaching, and guests to help you find and create a spaciously successful business. I'm so glad you're here. Hello. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This podcast (laughs) is going to be sick, dude. I, yeah, I was, I'm so honored that you're like the first guest because I, I was just telling Mariah this. It's weird that I'm going to start before I even like let you introduce yourself. So I'll make it really quick. The reason that we're in bringing guests onto this podcast, like the reason I decided to do it was um, like a, almost a year ago, a little less than a year ago, um, I went on Mariah and Shay's podcast and it was the best experience. And I was like, I want this for myself. I want to bring people onto my show and have these kinds of conversations and so that was like really the catalyst for all of this. So I'm so happy that you're here and doing this with me and so grateful. Yeah, that's so motivating to hear because it's like when you have a podcast and you're sharing the stories and the conversations that we do on our podcast, which is Curiously Guided, 
when you're sharing that, it feels vulnerable and it feels transparent. And like when you share those conversations, you don't have immediate feedback like you do on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You're kind of pushing it out and letting the universe take the wheel. And it's like the people that are meant to find this are going to find this. And because like our podcast isn't like other business podcasts. It's not like I'm creating a podcast to get leads and sales. It's more like a passion project for us. And so like just hearing that feedback means so much because like that was our intention. Mm-hmm. Our intention was to be like, we don't want a framework business podcast or people like how to sell on Instagram. There's plenty of podcasts that do that. That's yeah. not where the juice is. The juice for us is like, we want to hear conversations of people pulling back the curtain and just like, what are you thinking? What are you working with? Instead of trying to strategize and like, tell me what to do. So yeah. that feedback is like wildly helpful. I love that. That makes me so happy. But I should say we've been connected for before that, that we've been connected for years. That podcast was just like the icing on a very yummy cake. <laughs> but um, before we like dive into to the conversation, I would love to hear just, you know, the quick and dirty, like, who are you? I mean, I shared your introduction already, but like who you are, a little bit of history, whatever, whatever comes through, whatever you feel like sharing. Yeah. Who am I is such like a loaded question because it depends (laughs) on the hour of the day sometimes. Who are you Uh, right now in this moment? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm Mariah and I'm obsessed with business, online business specifically, but doing it in a way that feels like transparent and individual and Mm -hmm. authentic. And I think because I'm so obsessed with like businesses that are built differently, businesses that are built around the human that therefore then leads me into being obsessed with like human design also like as much, but like in business, like my zone of genius truly is like organic marketing. It is just like something that I understand for some reason. But like when I first got into business, it was 2015. And I remember it's like, I always kind of thought that I would be a business owner, but I really didn't know what that would look like because I never wanted a storefront. And, you know, growing up like in the 90s, it's like I didn't realize that like online business wasn't really a thing for me then. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I was, I got this job and it was like working for this local company. It was like the biggest company that I've worked for, but it wasn't yet corporate. Mm -hmm. And I remember they were like training me to do all of these things. And I was like sitting there in my chair and I'm staring at the screen and I'm sitting and I'm spinning in my office chair and I'm staring (laughs) at the ceiling and the owner of this big company walks by. He's like, hey, Mariah, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. I am doing nothing. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to train you in bookkeeping. And so like the next hour I went in, trained with the bookkeeper. In my head, I was like, I am never coming back here. And so I texted my boss that night and I was like, Literally, like I was breaking up with him. I was like, it's not you, it's me. I just don't think that it's fair to both of us for me to keep coming in. And then during that same month, I ended up quitting school, quitting college. Mm -hmm. And so I was in college for website development. And I was like two semesters in. And then I realized that, like, what they were teaching me was so outdated already that I was like, basically, this whole month, it was January of 2015. I took a lighter to like what my life was. And I was like, fuck it, dude. Like, I don't care. I will figure it out. Like, I'll just figure it out. And so I ended up like bullshitting an online portfolio for like website design and development, landed a paid internship. And like the dudes of this company that hired me were like two dudes, four years older than me. Super cool. Super like down to earth. 
And the one was a WordPress website developer. And he basically took me under his wing, taught me everything that he knew. And then like a year later, they ended up going in separate directions. And so they ended up like funneling some projects and like some things to me. But like during that time, I was like, this is what I want. And like, even when I was during in the internship, I was researching online business like a bat out of hell. I could not get enough of it. It was, I was obsessed with it. And so as I was kind of diving into this world, it's like a portal opened Mm -hmm. and I can never go back. I was like, this is the business that I want to run. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. And you know, I'm eight years later at this point, I couldn't have planned this journey. You know what I mean? It was like consistent micro pivoting and testing and tweaking, burning some things down and rebuilding them but the biggest part of it truly was like getting to know myself. Yeah. That's that's the juice. I I freaking love that. I didn't realize like there's some major similarities in our stories like as far as like the kind of burning it everything like I'm done with all of this and I'm starting like I didn't realize that but I totally resonate with that. And I think a lot of people actually do even if it's not maybe quite to the extent of burning everything down like you did and I did in my own story too, but this idea of like having that kind of line in the sand moment of like, no, I'm doing something new. I'm doing something different. I love that moment. Yeah. And it was like, I just remember at this point, I was like, can I run a business? Yeah. And I like looked back and I've always worked for like smaller local companies. Yeah. And they weren't geniuses. Yeah. And I was like, if these schmucks can do it, (laughs) I am highly intelligent, very creative. Like I'm a great problem solver. I'll figure this out and kind of just jumped in. And I feel like I've just held on to that essence ever since of like where there's a problem, like I can solve it. I'll figure it out. I trust myself to solve problems. I'm a good problem solver. hundred percent. I think that's what a lot of business is. It's like really being able to kind of investigate and uncover and solve problems. And like, I mean, I'm someone who does logic puzzles in my spare time. Like I like solving problems. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious when you, at the end of what you were saying, this is like a, a working theory. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll base it through my experience and why it's working theory. I find in the personal development kind of journey that is running a business, it's like almost coming back to things that I already knew about myself when I was younger or like things that I was interested in when I was younger. It's almost like coming full circle back to like Oh, like I'm a like I was when I was in like middle school or late elementary school, I was like reading astrology things and like really interested. And now I'm like, oh, like now I get to like care about human design and stuff. Is that is that true for you too? Like that there's almost this like coming back to who you were or always have been? It's interesting because like when I look at it, no. Like when I because like what I was interested in was like drawing. Okay. Essentially. And so I was really, but if we take it like a step further, yes, because like it was always creativity. Mm, yeah. And I think that it was always creative problem solving. Like yeah. it was like my mom, we didn't have a lot of money and like we ran out of paints. I wanted to still paint a picture. So I brought my nail polish out and started painting with my nail polish and stuff like that, which the fumes and everything. My mom walked in the house and was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you cannot do this. And I'm like, it was ridiculous. But I think. Yes. And then researching. And that's why human design has been so helpful for me because like I have been a researcher where I get into rabbit holes and want to learn everything about something, but I didn't realize that that was a superpower of mine until I found human design. Yeah. Cause you're a one, three profile. That's like that first line. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I didn't realize that not everybody operated that way. So I didn't know that I was like unique in that way. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think an example of just how, so if, if you're not familiar with like how human design is taught when it comes to profile lines, one, three is like the first of the profile lines. And they're really about building these foundations that the rest of the profile lines really benefit from. We're like, thank you so much for figuring that out for us. Right. And so like an example of that is in creating the the podcast guest like intake form. I was like, do you want to go on a podcast? I don't really have anything figured out yet. And you're like, I have a lot of things figured out. Would you like to use them? And I was like, I literally yeah. was like, yeah, copy my form girl. Like <laughs> copy it. I've already done the research. I've already put together like a genius form for guests. Like, please take it. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> and it's great. I'm so thankful. But like, I think that's just like, that's the one threes in the world. Just like figuring things out so that yeah, like the rest of us can be like, oh, thank you for figuring this out. Thank you for like doing this for us. And it, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, that sounds kind of mean. Like that must suck for them. But as far as I know, y'all really like it. (laughs) So it's like a win-win kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, it's just so interesting, the deeper that you get to know yourself, how much more like at home you feel. Like in the beginning of my business, I was consistently out there, like, especially because I started this business when I was 22. Yeah, I thought that I had to be professional and I yeah. thought that I had to know the lingo. And that's where I actually started wearing my glasses and business was because mm-hmm. I'm a female in essentially a tech industry, website design and development, yeah. and then later SEO and stuff like that. But like I wore my glasses so that people would take me seriously. And then like I would always say yes to everybody's projects. I was working with this clothing line in LA and they decided they wanted to go live on a Friday evening. I said yes. And I was like working until 1am back when I first started. And it's like, I feel like I was trying to grow my business in the way that everybody else told me Mm -hmm. in the way that corporate outlines. And I just kept hitting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And then I hit a point where I was like, I'm not happy. And like, I built this business to fit around my lifestyle. But then I lost sight of the fact that I'm the business owner. And I actually have a hell of a lot more decision freedom than what I'm getting myself. That makes so much sense. So, okay. If that's where, where things kind of like really started in your journey, what comes like what comes next that got you into this world of like sustainable marketing organic marketing like where did that start to come into play i couldn't operate any other way mm. like oh. if yeah like human design my my core center that's like almost completely filled is the identity center yeah and it's like directly connected to the throat mm-hmm. and it's like i can't I cannot be myself or operate like myself. Like I have tried numerous different marketing strategies. And like as a one three, like I will dive in, I will research it. I will like invest in coaches and programs and like get into these rabbit holes. But then as I was testing and tweaking, I was just noticing like what wasn't feeling right for me. There is no other way for me to grow my business because like the whole point of having a business for me anyways, (laughs) is obviously to make money, but like to make money to support the lifestyle that I want. And in order to do that, I need to be not burned out in my business 24 seven. In order to not be burned out in my business 24 seven, I have to create a marketing and sales plan 
and that feels good for me because that's essentially what sustainability is. I actually Googled it, like the definition before we hopped on. Sustainable means able to be maintained at a certain rate or level. In order for me to maintain my business, to maintain my marketing, to maintain my joy for this business, it has to be sustainable. But in order for it also to be sustainable, it has to kind of be aligned for me. But in order for it to consistently be aligned for me as I am evolving, that means that I have to keep self-reflecting. I have to keep coming back and asking myself, how did this week feel? Like, how did that feel? Like, what was super draining about today? It was this, what am I craving more of? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how we keep sustainability going long-term is asking ourselves these questions because otherwise what's sustainable last month isn't sustainable this month because we go through seasons. And so I think that like, that's so important and it's not fucking talked about. I could not agree more. Like, okay, so right now we're we're recording this. It's uh, September. Like, like a lot of people are like, you know, if they have kids, it's back to school. There's also just like a general energy shift, I feel like, around this time of year, probably because we're conditioned from our own years of school <laughs> or whatever. Um, and a lot of my clients are, you know, they found their routines and they found these things that work for them in spring seasons and summer seasons. And it's like, I wouldn't say shocking, but it's like kind of uh, disrupting for them to realize like this worked for you in those seasons, but we're in a new season now, like, uh, like it's fall, but also like your schedule has changed. Your needs have changed. The things that you are wanting to work on have changed. Maybe in the summer, you didn't want to work as much. Maybe you do want to work more now. Maybe your life is busier now. Like we've got to be able to like move with it and not feel so stuck and contained. Like, okay, I've got the answer done. Cause it's never, done. Like it's a moving finish line. It's a moving target. And I think being able to understand yourself and be in relationship with like what is going on in your life is the only way that things are actually going to last. Otherwise you're just going to burn out. And that's like literally the opposite of what we want. We want you to have a business that works for the long haul. And so I totally agree with that seasonality piece. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's the joy of being the business owner. I don't have to ask permission to change shit. I don't have to ask permission to change my working hours or to take off and realizing, you know what? Maybe through fall, I'm not working Fridays. I don't have to ask permission for that. But I think the other thing is, is that we have so much decision freedom that we forget that we have so much decision freedom. Like I have a friend that was working 11 to 3 every day because she thought she heard everybody's most productive hours were 11 to 3. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm burnt out by 3 o'clock. So then she was like, wait a minute. I'm the business owner. Like, I get to decide what hours I work. And she was like, and I realized that actually I'm way more productive from like 9 to 1. She switched that schedule and now she just feels so much better. But we get stuck in this routine Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to like, if this is happening to you, you're not alone. Like, that's why it's like on a weekly, on a daily basis, like checking in with yourself, like, how was this? Yeah. And then when we pull in like our big goals, like one of mine is like eventually becoming like a thought leader, a speaker right now, me right now, that seems horrifying. Being on stage in front of like, let's say hundreds of people, that sounds 
horrifying. But me right now, I'm like, well, what baby step can I take so that I can start to build the confidence? Because it's not going to happen overnight. And I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go ahead and pitch myself to be a keynote speaker at some big conference. Yeah, That would be like super dysregulating to me. So it's like, can I maybe pitch myself to do like a live panel or like Mm -hmm. a live workshop to where it's like, I'm getting comfortable on stage, but I'm also still one foot in my comfort zone while like one foot experimenting outside of it that's closer to my goal. And so it's like also self-reflecting on all of that because otherwise what's going to happen is like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the online business space in the past year, there has been like massive people with massive audiences being like, I'm done. I'm burning my business to the ground. And like, because they didn't self-reflect on the journey up there. So they ended up building a business that they didn't want to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that with, with a, a, a lot of my clients. Uh, a lot of my private clients have been in the business space for as long as you and I have, you know, they've been here since 2015, 2016. And so seeing that rise of people that a lot of them have been like, actually, I was super burnt out. Actually, I was miserable. Actually, I was incredibly lonely and isolated, like all of these things. And it's, I'm glad that they're having those conversations, conversations and sharing those things, but also like we should have been having those conversations this entire time. <laughs> like, yes. because it's just like a whole almost generation, I guess, of of business owners that were taught to do things in a way that just, you know, is not sustainable for them and not taught how to find their own version of sustainable because it's different for everybody. Yes. And I think, and maybe this is my one three talking, but like, I think that it's helpful in business to learn frameworks, to learn the ways that other people do them, to learn the foundations. Mm -hmm. But what I think that people are missing, they'll get stuck in that education phase and they won't test and tweak. So then they'll sit there, learn all this stuff, and then they'll completely switch up their entire business to match Mm -hmm. this exact framework that worked exactly for somebody else two years ago. And then Mm -hmm. they're frustrated when that framework doesn't work. And it's like, you're allowed to take that framework and take pieces and throw them out or Mm -hmm. take pieces and test and tweak them. And I think that's the piece that's missing because it takes trust. It takes self-trust. It takes self-reflection. It takes deep knowing Mm -hmm. of yourself in order to be able to do that. And it took me a really long time in order to find that because I didn't want to be seen as somebody that didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't want to be seen as somebody that wasn't the expert because mm-hmm. I thought that that's the only reason why people were hiring me. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I, was, I, I am very interested in this correlation between sustainability and like self-reflection and self-trust. I just think that's like a really beautiful kind of like Venn diagram thing that I want to create. Whenever I create a graphic for Instagram for <laughs> this episode, I feel like I'm going to map that out and, and make that part of the the introduction to this episode because I just think it's they are so related. And, and I think when people hear sustainable, they they don't necessarily think about kind of that inner work piece that creates real sustainability. You know, they think, oh, what are the productivity hacks you can give me or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) Because I think the first question is like, what does sustainability mean to you? Mm -hmm. And then actions and baby steps that feel sustainable to you are not sustainable for me. I follow some business owners that like kill it on Instagram reels, right? They are killing it. They love creating the short form content. They spend their time doing that. Like that feels so easy. It feels sustainable. Like they are in a rhythm and like you can feel it, right? For me, 
I don't want that rhythm. That shit ain't sustainable to me. Instead, what's sustainable is having conversations. I love Q&As. I love educating. And I love having conversations about this stuff. So then it comes to the question of how can I do more of that to market my business? Mm. So that's why I'm pitching myself to podcasts. I'm pitching myself to be a guest expert in people's groups. Mm. I'm pitching myself to do interviews on YouTube lives and stuff like that. And I'm spending a lot of time networking and building those relationships because I believe that we don't have to do business by ourselves. And I think that all of us are in this silo of entrepreneurship because we're in our zone of genius, right? Like one person's zone of genius might be copywriting and somebody else's ads and whatever. And so we stay in our silo because that's what we're good at. But we forget that when it comes to marketing, we don't have to stay in the silo because mm -hmm. we're all in like complementing industries and niches. And like my clients, for example, I help them with SEO. And so it's like with SEO comes a website. I ain't designing their website. It also yeah. comes copywriting. I don't create their content for them. So it's like just naturally business. When you create a specialized arena for yourself, it's so easy to collaborate with other people yeah. in complementing arenas. And then you're getting yourself in front of their audience. Now their audience trusts you like 10 times faster because they're following that person because I trust them. And mm -hmm. so collaborations are like word of mouth for the online space. And I just think... And obviously, this is what I value. This yeah. is where I really light up. So this is what feels sustainable for me. But like, if you're more introverted or like you don't like having conversations, well, then maybe uh, there's other ways. Like there's newsletter email swaps. Mm -hmm. There's things that you can do more behind the scenes. There's written blog interviews that you can do. You can do coffee chats behind the scenes and just make those more intimate relationships versus like getting interviewed live. You know what yeah. I mean? So like there's different steps and like arenas to this. I I love the examples and I guess you kind of started to share it, but like, are those the forms that you're like that you're really using in your business right now, like these collaboration-based things going on these podcasts and things like that. That's like, that's, that is what su sustainable organic marketing means for you in your business right now. It's kind of twofold. So <laughs> it's both that like collaborations is kind of like, I kind of call it like my phase two, my okay. phase one. And I mean, like somebody might be able to guess this from me being like an SEO strategist, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's being searchable. It's being yeah. findable. And so it used to be being findable on my website and on my blog, which mm -hmm. like I still get a bunch of traffic like over from Google and Pinterest and stuff like that over there. Mm -hmm. But my focus more so is YouTube SEO right now for my own business. I don't help clients with YouTube SEO right now. It's kind of like my little pocket for me to experiment, for me to test and tweak. Yeah. So. I'm getting a lot of eyeballs on my business from SEO-based activities, which feels very sustainable for me because I'm a line one three. I love creating content. I love it. So if I'm going to be creating content, I want it to have a longer shelf life. I want it to be searchable. So naturally, SEO just fits into that. So regardless if I wanted to create a blog post, which sometimes I do, most mm. of the time it's I want to create a YouTube video about this. So mm. that's why SEO plays into it. But like as I've been really focusing on YouTube and getting found there through SEO, I have had consistent passive income sales. I've had consistent people sliding in and like filling out the work with me form mm -hmm. on my website. Mm -hmm. And so like that feels really sustainable, even though it's not like a quick hit. Like mm -hmm. I don't, for some reason, people think that organic social is a quick hit, but it's like, 
everything organic takes time in order yeah. to build like everything you can't just like start an instagram thing and then all of a sudden you're making like killer money from it so right. that's very interesting but yeah so it's seo kind of combined with this collaborations and like relationships yeah. And they work really well together because with SEO, we can get found by searchable terms that people are already looking for, which it's like, you're showing up as the solution to the problem for people already looking for it. What a fucking joy, dude. Yeah, like, perfect. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So it's that. But once we're like, once we figure out the keywords, put the keywords in the right spots and like publish the content, it co now comes into like this, now what? Phase. And so the now what is kind of like, well, you have to drive traffic to these things so that the algorithms on those search platforms kind of get built up. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful way to do this in terms of relationships and collaborations. I create the content. Now I move over into collaborations and relationships and naturally recommend my content. So I'm naturally driving traffic to it. So I'm naturally talking about it, getting eyeballs to it. People are naturally starting to trust me because I'm connecting with people that we really jive in just like a personal level, a business level. Mm -hmm. I get to be really helpful and I get to create relationships and also push people back to my content, which then also helps my SEO. Like, dude, sign me up. This is yeah. like the circle that I'm here for. Yeah, what a beautiful ecosystem that you've created. And I think what stands out to me about it is how much of it feels natural to you and that you like leaned into it. And it's not saying that that exact setup is perfect for the next person, but like kind of what you were saying before, right? Getting to know yourself, really understanding who you are, what your gifts are, what you like doing, and then leveraging the heck out of that. So for someone who like loves filming every moment of their day and making those, you know, flashy, really quick reels that like show all the cool stuff that they're doing, like that might feel really naturally and easy for them because they're, they're almost doing that anyway, in a way that like you're almost connecting with people and having these conversations anyway, why not leverage it? Like, it seems just brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's so funny because it's like before I didn't see anybody building a business like this, even to yeah. this day, I can't look around and be like that that's mm -hmm. the business that I want to build. I'm going to model that business. So it has been difficult for me mm -hmm. to trust myself to figure out what I like and be able to put these puzzle pieces together in a way that makes sense for me. This is, um, this is like a, I'm asking this out of just my own personal interest now, because I so resonate with the idea of like looking around for examples. Did that, did you find that like almost held you back when you were like, Oh, I need to find the the role model. I need to find the person to like emulate and then like kind of continually being like, well, not like that and not like that. And they kind of suck. And <laughs> Like, was that a hard experience for you in your business kind of history? It was lengthy. I feel yeah. like I didn't, I'm eight years in. I feel like I didn't really figure this out until this year. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Because that's what I was doing. But what I was doing is collecting data points. Mm -hmm. I like how this business does this. Mm -hmm. I like how this business does this. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. So I was kind of collecting the puzzle piece from different people. Yeah. And then allowing myself to reflect like that takes time. And a lot of business owners like want results now. Give me the mm -hmm. the business framework now. And it's like, I get that. We want to make money. We want to be, you know, like financially set and like all yeah. of that stuff. But it takes time when you are building a business that is so aligned with you. And you are strengthening these muscles of reflection and sustainability and all of these things. It takes time because how could it not? Yeah. Yeah.
yeah, I have nothing to add besides I completely agree. I, I ask that because there's a long period in my own business history of of really putting people on pedestals and being like, this person, this is goals. And then inevitably nothing bad about them, just being drawn away for one reason or another, disappointed in something they did or said, or not resonating with something or whatever. And then being like, well, crap, now who do I look up to? And like so much time to be like, oh, it's like, it's me. <laughs> like I get to, I'm on the pedestal for my business. <laughs> like I get to do it my way. It's not, there's no secret person out there that's going to uncover everything for me and just show me exactly what to do. It's what you're saying is the data points. Yeah. And I think it's also because we need to see what's possible in order to see what's possible. Mm. I think it's just a human thing Mm -hmm. of just like, let's say my boyfriend, Andrew, for example, he would have no idea about this online business space and that it was possible unless he started dating me because his job was like working in a steel factory before we left Buffalo. So the online business, like it was never a possibility. Mm -hmm. Now that we're dating, we've been dating for almost four years. He sees it. Now he's got all of these ideas of like, I can create an app. I can do this. I can. And I was like, yeah, you can. But it's like, it wasn't until he saw that it was possible. Mm -hmm. And I think in the online business space, it's on like a micro level of that because like we can see examples of different things but we can't see everybody. So Mm -hmm. it's like when you pick one person, it's like, then you try to like fit and mold yourself into that one person. And to be honest, I had like, this was a huge learning moment for me. So I joined a mastermind. It was like $12,000 at a time that I should have not spent $12,000. And what I learned from that mastermind was that nobody else has the answers. Nobody else does because I joined that mastermind because there was two coaches that I valued and respected. They both had businesses that I didn't want to copy, but all of their advice was based off of their experience, which Mm -hmm. was fine and helpful in little different pockets of ways. And like it allowed me to see things. But what I learned was like, I'm getting advice from people that own businesses in a way that I don't want to run my business. So like, who has the answer? I spent $12,000. And did not get the answer that I wanted because the answer that I wanted was, how can I create the perfect business for myself? And I realized through a lot of crying that <laughs> like this, it it comes from within me and I have to do the work to test and tweak and figure out what that means. Yeah. Oh, yes. I feel all of that. And I, th- I think that's like, I mean, I understand from a very like marketing-y standpoint why it it can feel so easy to create things and say, this, this is the answer. Like, this is the thing that you need to do. And I can get why that, you know, works and why that would sell and why people would see that and be like, oh, finally the answer. But it's just, it's, it's never felt good for me to lead with that kind of stuff because the answer is what we're talking about, finding your own answers. And I am more than glad to help you do that. But like, I can't promise you that if you go through this four week thing or four year thing or whatever that like my answers are suddenly going to be your answers. Cause they're not just, they're not the end. I think, <laughs> I think there's a difference between learning a skill mm-hmm. and building a business because mm-hmm. like I teach SEO marketing, right? Yeah. Like I educate, I teach and all of that. I'm teaching my people best practices. I yeah. know what works, but I am teaching a skill. I am teaching a tactic. I am teaching a strategy. Mm. This does not mean that you then take this and like only do this. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like learning a skill, learning a marketing strategy, working on your messaging, let's say for business. Yeah. 
that doesn't mean that like now your business is figured out. Business has so many moving parts. Think about a human. Mm -hmm. A human has so many moving parts. And so like that's reflected in business. And so that's why it's about like micro pivots and shifts and like one piece at a time, one baby step at a time. Because just like getting to know you are human, this isn't something to quote, like figure out, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially if you want this long-term. If you are in business to like make a fuck ton of money within five years, there are absolutely like things that can fast track you and like be able to get you to that point. But like, that's not the business that I'm building. I'm building a business that's an extension of me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that requires like different layers. And so I think just that differentiation of like learning a skill, learning a tactic, learning a strategy should not equate to like figuring out your business. Like it's not the same thing. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful distinction. And that's just, that's so perfect. That's so perfect. Okay. I'm obsessed with all of this. This is, I just feel like if someone's listening to this, there's going to be a lot of ahas as far as really thinking about what they're doing to market their business, how they're going about it and making sure that it, I mean, I didn't say making sure that almost sounds too definitive, right? But like starting to have that reflection process and that conversation of, does this feel good? Does this feel like it's working for me? Does this make sense with who I am and what I value and what I like doing anyway? And like big permission slips to actually follow those things, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I hear clients be like, well, I should do this. Well, I should do that. I'm like, do you want to do that though? Like, is that really going to work long-term for you if you are miserable the entire time you're doing it? Like probably not, you know? And I think that sometimes we do have to go down those rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I do have to sign up for a 90-day real challenge to then quit after 15 days to be like, this is definitely not fucking it. Yeah. I really learned this now. (laughs) Yes. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Yeah. I mean, I have so many stories of that about joining these different, you know, and how to engage in a way on Instagram. This is like one story that I tell a lot. In 2020, I like joined this Instagram course and it was like extremely intense, like about like tracking every lead and doing this practice every day on these people. And I was like, I literally cannot do this. Like this is, I'm so sorry that I spent however much money I spent on this course, but there's a 0% chance that I will be doing this. And it's like, I like Instagram because it's pretty and fun and like a cool way to have conversations with people. And I like to see people's like pets. Like <laughs> this is, well, this is a little, this is a lot, this is a lot to do. <laughs> so I totally feel you in learning those lessons the hard way. But I mean, like if you didn't do that, you yeah. wouldn't know that maybe Instagram wasn't your top dog in terms of like marketing and yeah. stuff like that. And so I think it's like, allow yourself to figure it out, allow yourself to have fun because yeah. you don't know what you don't know until you realize that you don't know it. Yeah. And not, I think like a kind of zoomed out thing to remember and all of that is like, and not making any of it wrong. Like if you find out that you actually don't like reels, like, okay, that doesn't mean you're going to fail. That doesn't mean your business is going to fail. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're a bad business owner. Like all of these little things that are kind of sometimes dick brain can say to us, like none of that's actually true. It just means there's a different way to solve this puzzle. Your own and way to solve puzzle. yeah, yeah. And it's just funny because like, There's just so many different layers because we can say that, right? And then there's the thing of if it doesn't feel good, maybe it's not 
a never, maybe it's a not right now. Like yeah. in, I think it was maybe 2019, maybe it was 2020. I was like, you know what? I feel like I should be teaching workshops. Okay. So I ended up launching this workshop. It was like Google analytics, teaching people how to use Google analytics. Mm-hmm. I got maybe like three people into the workshop. I don't think anybody showed up live and I had to send it the recording to people. So I ended up mustering my way through it. And then yeah. I ran into my bed and cried for three hours because it felt just like a vulnerability hangover. Like nobody showed up. I'm a failure. I feel vulnerable sharing my voice in this way and like being live. And like, I really forced myself to do it. So then I wrote off workshops. I can't do workshops. They're not for me. Mm -hmm. Well, three years later, now workshops are some of like my favorite things that I offer. But if I would have wrote those off forever, it would have completely gutted a huge part of my business now. And then like in the beginning of this year, at the end of last year, I had this reflection that I was like, what do I want? Like, what do I, what kind of business do I want? And so I mentioned earlier, like speaking is a huge thing, like a big lofty goal of mine. And another piece that goes into that is like selling passive income. Like I love creating guides and workshops and like downloads and like I have so much knowledge in my brain about like SEO, collaborations, relationship marketing, all of that stuff. And I'm like, I want to be able to put that into like bite-sized things because I realize that like my zone of genius is breaking down super complex things into really easy to understand ways. And so- just creative like passive income products feels really good and aligned for me. But I had this thought at the end of last year, I don't have a massive audience. I have like 5,000 followers on uh, Instagram. I just hit 6,000 on YouTube, which like has been a big goal and a big journey of mine. But I had this thought that like, well, I don't have a massive following. So like, I can't make any like substantial income from these passive income. Mm. products. Like I'm going to have to wait until I hit 50,000 followers. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I started doing workshops and I started like actually talking and like getting excited about these products. And I didn't look at any data until like three weeks ago. And I looked at the data and I had 70 transactions for passive income products in 90 days. Oh my gosh. And that was like, holy shit, dude, like it's all organic. I never ran any ads or anything like that. And so I had somebody reflect back to me. They were like, Mariah, that's, you sold like on average one passive income product every business day within that 90 days. And that fucking blew my mind because I literally just proved myself wrong. That's incredible. Congratulations, first of all, but also just what an expanding moment for people to hear that. Like that's going to be a really expansive moment for someone listening to this to be like, oh, I can do that. That's It's like expansive for me. Like I'm literally just like, holy shit, dude. I literally had this massive thought that like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But then I like, I didn't try to figure it out. I didn't try to like dissect this thought and this mindset and like flip it and turn it. I literally was just like, well, I don't know. Let's just figure it out. And so then I ended up like getting into a groove of like, you know what? I thoroughly enjoy creating these products. And then all of my energy is behind it. And when it's behind it, when I'm creating it, now I'm excited to talk about it. And then I'm just talking about it on Instagram. I have never in my entire business had a massive launch, not once. And so it's like launching for me, that feels more sustainable too. Mm Where like even for workshops, I give myself six weeks before the live workshop date because I don't like this like 
super small container of like having to talk about it every day for two weeks. So instead I'm like, how can this feel fun? And how can this feel lighter? I give myself six weeks and I allow myself to just play and just to naturally talk about it. And I don't over strategize things, even though when it comes to like my clients and SEO and like getting, helping uh, my clients, like get on podcasts and finding podcasts and all of that stuff, I'll strategize the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah. But for my own business and for marketing, it feels better if I just give myself a container mm-hmm. and then allow myself to flow in it. And so I, like permission to do this in a way that feels good. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing from that is like you create a structure and then you let yourself play in it. And that's just like, I feel like that's how, at least in my experience, that's like how the best things happen in life. Like I like a little bit of parameters. I like a little bit of structure. I like, you know, the I use the the bumpers and bowling like metaphor quite a bit. But then otherwise, like, I just want to feel creative and in flow within that, like, safety. So I I completely resonate with that. Oh, it's so magical. So magical. Okay. Um, I'm curious in thinking about, like, your business or even, like, the work that you're doing with your clients. What do you see coming? Like, what do you, what trends are you seeing, like, around how to do this in business, how to have a really sustainable like marketing effort in your business that you think people could like take and apply for themselves. Like what is, what's coming? What's the future? Tell me the future. (laughs) I think I have uh, me and Shay on the podcast, Curious Like I Did, we we kind of talk about this a lot. Yeah. But it's essentially like, I think the old way of doing business, the old way of doing marketing is dead. It's either dead or it's dying. Because that old way was like manipulative and salesy and like really all about the numbers. And I think Mm -hmm. in the future where we're moving into, it's more about the human. And so I think that online business owners are on the cutting edge of this because we have control over how we show up in our business. We have control over our values and like how we choose to market, how how we choose to sell. Mm-hmm. And even like corporate is how many years behind? Like it takes them literally like eons in order to catch up to things. Yeah. So I think it's up to us to kind of change the game with this. Mm-hmm. But also think about a corporate is starting to realize, ah, human connection and like authentic content sells. Why mm-hmm. do you think in- influencer marketing is blowing up? Why do you think user generated content UGC is blowing up? Because yeah. corporate got a taste of that. And so I think that like, if we can really own and step into that marketing in a way that feels good for you, because that energy will be able to be felt by your audience. And I know that it's difficult because we also live in a world where it takes money to exist. Mm -hmm. And I understand that that is part of it. But if we can step into this as how can I serve my people in a way that feels good and nourishing for me? I think that that's the question that we can start to play with instead of how do I hit this financial goal? And like, obviously we have to pay bills, like we have to, Mm -hmm. but if we can get to a place where like, we're at least reflecting on that question and coming back to that question, I think transparency is going to become increasingly more important because I don't know if you remember, but like when we first got into the business space, 
And it even blew up even more. But like, there was a huge lack of transparency. Uh, yeah. I'm making 100k months by blowing my nose. And it's like, yo, like, what? And then oh. like, we didn't, we didn't know that people didn't have massive teams. We didn't know that people were spending $50,000 on ads. Yeah. And so I think that transparency is becoming increasingly more important, mm-hmm. marketing in a way that feels authentic. And then I know that a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this. But I think that video is going to take the fuck off. Yeah. Because AI, people can generate content using AI, right? Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Like if you want to use it for brainstorming, for outline, for getting something on the page so you're not staring at something blank, like by all means. I actually used AI to generate interview questions for this interview that I sent you. That shit was created by AI. Like it's so, it's great to be able to use it. But I think what's going to happen is everybody's content that's using it and they're not infusing their expertise and their tone and their personality behind it. I think that that content is going to fall flat Uh when it's like just AI generated. And I think that people are going to crave even more relationships, Mm -hmm. collaborations, and seeing people on video. They're going to crave that authenticity that can't be created through AI. And so like even searching on YouTube to hear an answer, oh, look, now I can see that person Mm-hmm. I can feel their energy. I can hear their tone. I get their stories and their experiences and their expertise because that's what makes us all so individual. Uh, so I think that all of that is just be- going to become increasingly more important. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I, I see that and feel that just even within my own, not even in a strictly business context, but like I, I find that just with my general liking to scroll on Instagram and things like that, that the people that I'm, you know, wanting to follow and things like that. It's like people that have really cool stories about how they're renovating their house and the people that have really cool stories about why they're cooking this thing or whatever. Like I'm, I want to be, I feel like I want to like know them and I'm interested in knowing them. And that makes me want to become a consumer of their content and, you know, potentially buy something if they have something to sell, but typically those are different kinds of accounts. But I I agree with you that that is feeling so so prevalent and I'm honestly really grateful for it because that's how I would prefer to do business anyway, personally. So like selfishly, I'm like, praise be, thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Because like if we think about the whole marketing thing, know, like, trust, get them to know you, get them to like yeah. you, get them to trust you. And it's yeah. like that has been a marketing thing forever, right? And people have like psychologically broken that shit down into like a marketing system and blah, 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 blah. But like how beautiful that we can do that just by showing up as ourselves yeah. and we don't have to strategize it. People can know us, like us, and trust us because we're showing up, we're being supportive, we're being helpful, we're just sharing who we are and like our thoughts and our opinions and our experiences and then that builds automatically and then that translates into sales naturally. Like what a yeah. gift. What a gift. It's so funny that when you said that, This I have this like memory of when I was going through the coaching certification and you're like learning these different things. And there's this whole section on building rapport with people. And it's talking about how you like you mirror them and all this kind of stuff. And that will naturally build this you know relationship between you. And I was so in my head about it. I was like really trying to make sure I was doing it correctly. And I was just like overthinking it and like, you know, forgetting what we were even talking about because I was trying to watch their hands and make sure my hands were doing the same thing and all of this shit. And at one point it dawned on me, I was like, wait, I am literally like, like, 
I'm literally the person that I sit down next to you at a bar or we're standing next to the grocery aisle and we're friends. Like literally this morning, I went to the dentist. I'm like best friends with the hygienist. Went to Publix. Me and the cashier were like exchanging all of our life stories. Went to Starbucks. Me and the barista were sharing. Like I'm naturally that person. And I just got so in my head about like doing it right and like doing it strategically versus being like, oh, like I could just actually talk to people like a normal human and that can foster connections. (laughs) Groundbreaking. (laughs) Yeah. And like naturally being curious. Yeah. It's so wild because like, I mean, mine and Shay's entire podcast is literally curiously guided because we realize about just how fucking curious we are about everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just like part of the magic. Like who would have thought just being naturally curious about other people, asking them questions yeah. allows them to trust you more because they feel like they're interested in you. Or that you're interested in them. And I'm like, this isn't manipulative. Like, I literally am genuinely curious. And it's the same thing with my clients. I'm asking them questions. Well, like, how do we want to do this? Like, how do we feel about this? Like, what are your thoughts about here? Like, what are your goals over here? And it's like, just being naturally curious is something that we can step into that can come really natural. Do you find that, sorry, now like you just opened up a whole new question in my mind. Do you find that? to be almost like like a switch that unintentionally gets flicked off that you have to like help people flick back on in a way. Like so an example is sometimes when people are like, oh, I'm going into a launch, it like changes something in them they're, where they're like suddenly they forget how to speak about their offer or they forget what they do or like that it helps people and they like get really like just grippy and weird about it. Like is it kind of the same thing or do you notice the same thing with people where you're like, oh like you're marketing or you're growing relationships or you're going to start collaborations. And they're like, I've got to do this right. And like, they turn into a robot. 100%. I Okay. So I had a client who has a very successful e-commerce shop and he sells um, like supplements, mm-hmm. like super organic natural from like a really well-known distributor. So mm-hmm. we sell supplements. And so we had, we did like the SEO foundational setup, which like, yo, I fucking killed it. Okay. Yeah. So then anyways, he's like, hey, can we do a follow-up call? And I was like, yeah, cool. And so he's like, I don't want to be known for this supplement brand anymore. I want to be known for like me and just like my thoughts and stuff like that. And so I was like, well, we can loop SEO in here and we're doing keyword research. And he was like, but I want to be known as like the holistic health educator. And I was like, bro, nobody is typing in holistic health educator into Google. And so like, me just asking questions, I literally was like, what do you want to be known for? Mm. What do you want to be known for? And it's, I feel like when you start asking people questions that they can't ask themselves, it triggers something. And so I was even like, so if we don't even think about SEO and keywords, if we think about like, there is this girl who is currently being known for like blood sugar balancing stuff. Mm. And obviously she talks about other things, but like right now that's what she's known for. That's also connected to a keyword, right? Like how to balance my blood sugar, how to eat, how to create a blood sugar balancing meal, blah, 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 blah. And so I gave him that example and I was like, you can be the holistic health educator. Absolutely. But when it comes to being known for something, we need to start small with like, yo, this is the dude that like helps me balance my blood sugar or helps me figure out like why my gut is a complete disaster. So -hmm. it's like, there's some people that are like, uh, like sugar, like talking about sugar, like sugar proof kids, 
mm-hmm. is uh, an account that I follow on Instagram for literally no reason, except <laughs> I like their tips for children on how to not like overfeed them sugar. But it's like, they're known for that. And it's not like they don't have conversations about other stuff, mm-hmm. but it was simply asking him that question of what do you want to be known for? I thought it was the most simple thing. Yeah, literally ever. He emailed me after our call and he was like, Mariah, that just blew the lid off of it. What do I want to be known for? He was like, I'm going to reflect on that. And he's like, and just break it down into subtopics. I was like, yes. And then we can keyword optimize and like figure out keywords connected to those subtopics. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you want to talk about? So I feel Mm -hmm. like what helps shift people. And I do think that this is part of my genius, like just looking at gene keys and human design. But like part of my genius is like, it's being able to ask questions, being mm-hmm. able to ask good questions. That's mm-hmm. how we shift because also, isn't that self-reflection? Mm-hmm. We don't self-reflect and be like, why can't I be better? And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not a helpful question. It's the same yeah. thing about launching. So mm-hmm. if it's like if somebody's launching and they're like tightening up, what, like, why are you launching? Well, I'm launching yeah. because I created this product and because I feel like people are really aligned. And so it's like, breaking it down or even like when I have clients that are overwhelmed about marketing, they're mm-hmm. trying to over-strategize everything. I go, what is marketing? It's mm-hmm. talking about your business. It's getting in rooms, getting in places or on social media to talk about what you do, why you do it and who you help. That's it. It's relationships and it's having conversations. Yeah. So I think that like in order to shift out of these things, it's getting better at asking better questions. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I think it's such a, it's such a, I mean, I think it's one of your gifts and I see it in myself with like kind of second line stuff in human design where it's like, you don't even realize you're doing it, but like being able to consistently and constantly like question myself, but also question other people. Like that's such an asset. That's such a gift. That's such a, a, a quality that I think we could all benefit from, right? Like that's just, otherwise you're stuck in this very like almost like black and white thinking right it becomes well this is the answer or this is the answer i do this or i do this versus like could we open the lid off the box could we open all of the windows and all the doors and really let like everything in and go from there so i just i i totally see that as a solution towards those moments where you're like unintentionally unknowingly unconsciously turning into like a robot around really actually like natural, very natural things. It's just like you put these words on it or you put this context on it and you're like, suddenly it becomes so much more complicated than it has to be. And it could just be, no, have conversations with people, build relationships, talk like a human to other humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I fall into the same thing, like when I'm launching a workshop or like, and I mean, launching in a very light way of just like when I've decided when I have a live workshop and then I'm talking about it, Mm -hmm. like I have slipped into the, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to send three emails and I have to write them like this and I have to blah, 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 blah. And then I just like ask myself, I'm like, how can I just make this easy, dude? Like, why are you overcomplicating it? And just, and then the question of, what are you excited about this? Like, why do you want people in this? Yeah. How is this going to help people? And then it's like those questions just allow you to shift into like being of service yeah. versus like, I need to hit a certain income goal. I need to have 10 people in this workshop. It's like yeah. shift into being of service. And mm-hmm. I just find that when you're naturally aligned with the service that you're offering, because if you're not aligned with the service that you're offering, being of service sounds awful. But it's like, if you're aligned with it, then it's like, okay, cool. This just like lit something in me in order to shift those perspectives. Yeah. Oh, I can, 
there's like a whole another branch, maybe for like a part two of this podcast, we go down that avenue because there's like a whole thing that's in my brain about just like the, the, the emotional intelligence kind of required to, to do that, to not make it about you and about your sales, but to come back to what you're actually doing, how you're actually helping people. That is so juicy, but I don't know if we want to open that can of worms or not. Well, it's funny because usually when I'm on podcasts, like previously, I would mostly talk about SEO, right? And I could talk about SEO and educate and I break SEO down in a way that's like wildly helpful. Yeah. But I just started like pitching myself to have more conversations like this because that was my baby step. If I want to be on stages and speaking about things that I really give a shit about, how can I like start with the smaller stages? And so it's pitching to have like conversations like this, right? And so naturally you just reached out and I didn't even have to pitch. You were just like, yo, you want to talk about that stuff? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. And so it aligned really well, but I ended up pitching myself to a podcast and I didn't really know the podcast host. I kind of just cold pitched it, mm-hmm. ended up getting it. And that conversation was more so along the lines of like how to find your zone of genius. Mm. And so I was basically talking about like all of these things, right? And then she asked me a question and she goes, but what about your weaknesses? Mm. Instantly in my brain. And I like laughed at myself. I uh, voxered Shay after and I was like, yeah. she asked me what about my weaknesses? And instantly I wanted to be like, I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because, and then I was like, oh my God, Mariah, how egotistical. Like, of course you do. Like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, But I think the juice there was like, I don't focus on those. Like I notice Mm -hmm. them. It's the things that don't light me up, right? Mm -hmm. My weaknesses are the things that like, I'm just not gravitating towards. So I try to spend as little time as possible, like answering emails. Not my favorite thing in the entire world. Also like, um, think like doing two things at once, multitasking. I fucking suck at it. It's definitely a weakness of mine. My boyfriend makes fun of me all of the time. Like I can barely walk and talk, but it's like in that moment, I was like, I, 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 I don't know. Like I, yeah. I don't know. And so she ended up bringing like emotional intelligence into it. And she mm-hmm. was like, well, I think that the conversation is kind of like, you need to build this kind of emotional intelligence in order to have a like a light on your zone of genius. And I think that it's just a conversation. Yeah. That would be interesting to go down, basically, is what that story was where I was trying to get at. Because I don't think that I've even like put the pieces of it together. So like working through it in a conversation, I think that there could be so many perspective shifts yeah. and connections to it because there's so many different layers of this. But it's like I th- I think it might just be the word weakness. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't really use that word, I guess. And then, so I'm questioning myself of just like, well, what is a weakness to me? Yeah. I don't know. I could take that and like really. So I have a, I have a thing that I talk about and I'm not saying weaknesses and flaws are the same thing. Cause I think in this context, they'd be really different. So I have a, a thought that like the things that we think are flawed about ourselves are often like gifts and superpowers, like in disguise, right? Like for my entire life, it's been a flaw with air quotes that I'm lazy. Actually, no, I'm just really efficient. And like, I can get things done really quickly when I sit down and do it like super projector vibes. Right. So I would put that under like flaws, but with what you're saying with weaknesses, it actually really resonates with me from the perspective of, um, what if you do have that intelligence, that knowing that self-trust, that self-love even to say like, nothing about me is weak. Nothing about me is wrong. Like, sure. There are things I don't like doing, but that's not a weakness. That's just 
discernment and <laughs> knowing what I like doing and letting that be enough. So like, I don't know, I see that as very intelligent personally. I mean, that's like also super second line energy, right? Like I, in you know, in, if we use like BG five human design stuff, like I help a lot of second lines. So I'm constantly having that conversation around, like the things that come naturally to you are, are probably the route to, to explore more. <laughs> kind of. Isn't it fascinating? Like language mm-hmm. and just like, it's, it, it could be the same thing as like sustainable, right. Yeah. Or the same thing of, of like consistency. Mm-hmm. Like what does consistency mean? Some people are like, well, it's, I'm doing it every day. And it's like, yeah. is it? Yeah. It might not be. And so like, this I think can be taken back to like, where is the future going? Like of business, of marketing. I think it's being able to redefine this shit so that it supports us instead of like shames us or makes us feel small. 100%. And I think like, that's the juice, dude. Like, isn't this what we signed up for to create a, to create a life and a business that we really give a shit about? And mm-hmm. so along with that, you have to self-reflect and you have to be willing to read consistently redefine consistently take a look and like ask good questions about things and take them apart because there's so many perspectives and there's so many pockets for like unlimited potential Mm -hmm. that it's like we just have to get curious about it yeah oh oh i love it okay do you know okay i'm gonna say one more thing and then i'm gonna ask you like a, a, a juicy final question but do you know in human design have you like heard the the it's not like the theory, I don't know the right word here, the concept that, you know, there's the individual, the communal or tribal and like the collective kind of circuitry of the gates. And like the whole journey is that enough individuals mutate to then impact the community. And then the community mutates to impact the collective. And that's how like real change is made in anything. I I find what you're talking about here to be like this idea of all of us individual business owners being willing to quote mutate. And I know it's such a weird word. sounds like very sci-fi, but um, like mutate into this understanding and operating in this way and really trusting ourselves and building things that feel good for us and work for us. And like that inevitably would impact the community, right? Like maybe the online business space or business in general would, would adapt to that and grow with that. And then it would go from there to impact like the collective and, I don't know. There's something very beautiful and romantic about that idea. Fucking fascinating. I had, okay. So I have not dove into like the circuitries because that's part of human design that I'm like, I am not grasping that right now. That makes sense. And like that excites me because like that's just naturally how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. When it was, when I learned that part, I thought it was just so beautiful to think about. It's, and, you know, if you think about it in other, like there's other ways that you could see this that are a lot more tangible, but just this idea of like, oh, when I do my part and I'm with enough other people who are also doing their part, like we're going to impact change. We're going to make something actually matter. Um, I don't know. It's like the like very bohemian, like romantic of me just fucking loves that. But I think that that's what needs to happen, right? Because if, if our world is going in a certain direction, we have to take personal responsibility. And I think that that's where personal responsibility comes in, where it's like, we can go out there and tell other people how to live and how to make decisions and how to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. But where the real change comes from, and like we've heard this from numerous places, like yeah. where the real change comes from is when you make your own bed. When you make your own bed and you become a better person, it's the same thing with like healing generational trauma, right? Mm -hmm. We can heal our entire family line 
when we as an individual choose to work through the things that have been passed down to us, that mm-hmm. then changes how, if you decide to be a parent, that changes how you parent, that will change how your kids parent and how they their kids parent. And mm-hmm. like, that is beautiful. And like, what a, a beautiful reminder that like the business that you're running and how you're choosing to make decisions and build your life, although it doesn't feel like it's quote, changing the world actually is changing the world. And that's cool. I have legitimate chill bumps. I, I kind of just want to be like, end there, but I want to ask the question, my like kind of final note question, but I just feel like that's such a powerful spot to, that's going to be what's on the um, the Instagram. (laughs) Uh, This is beautiful. Okay. So my, my question that I want to ask people who come on the show is, you know, in the idea of spacious, the name of this, this podcast, it's one of those words that I feel like can hold so many different meanings and and be so expansive really in what people take from it. So I'm curious for you, when you think about your business or business in general, like what does it mean for you to have a business that feels spacious? Like what does that look like for you or feel like for you? I would say that spaciousness feels like blocking out full days or full chunks within days for me to go down rabbit holes, for Mm -hmm. me to be able to research, for me to be able to put together like these guides and stuff. Because as a service provider, like I'm starting to make more substantial income from passive income, but I still make a lot of my income from Mm service-based things. And so it's like being a service provider, sometimes it's tough to be Mm -hmm. able to, especially like I don't have a team. I don't have an agency. I never wanted an agency. I never wanted a team. And so it can be hard to walk that line of serving my clients, marketing my business and carving out time for me to go down rabbit holes and to create. Mm -hmm. But like, I know when I have too many connection calls on the calendar, when I have too much for like education of like being a guest expert and people's things are too many coffee chats, or if I have too many deadlines Mm -hmm. and too many client related things, and I don't have enough big spaces for me to get into a rabbit hole and create what I want to create in a length of time that feels good for me. Because usually like a half hour, it's like, LOL, like, yeah, girl, like I need like (laughs) four hours probably. Yeah. Um, But it's like, that's what feels spacious to me. And so that's my goal. When I'm looking at my calendar, I notice that my eyes always go for like the huge gaps because I'm like, Ooh, what can I get into there? What rabbit hole can I get into? What can I create? So I feel like for me, it's it's finding this balance, even though balance isn't really a thing, but it's like juggling all of these balls with the priority being carving out literal spaciousness mm-hmm. for me to go down rabbit holes. And sometimes that's going down rabbit holes that aren't related to business. So like Pinterest recipes and meal planning and just like me and Andrew are about to move again to a different state. And so it's like, it's being able to figure out where do we want to move? Like, how does this feel? And so just like rabbit holes that feel good in that moment. Yeah. I love that answer. And I think there's probably some permission slips and expansion in there of just like prioritizing that, making that right. Not being like, oh, that's, I should do that in my own, I should do that at nights or on the weekends. Be like, no, It's not a money-making activity. That's what coaches would say. It's not a money-making activity, but I have found when I've been super stressed out and I either have too many deadlines or too many calls or whatever, and I don't have this space, 
the money stops flowing. Mm. And it's fascinating because it sounds counterintuitive. For sure. When I'm like building out space for me to create and to go down rabbit holes, passive income sales go up. All of a sudden I'm getting people sliding in and like wanting to book my services. People are responding more on Instagram, even though I'm not actively doing anything there, but I'm creating space for me to get into my zone. I I just want to like put that in a frame and like just have everyone look at that that moment because I I get the question people will say like okay I hear the whole spacious thing like but does that really make more money and I'm like I don't know if you looked at it if there was a chart there's not a chart but if there was a chart of like my most like financially lucrative months or periods of time and the times that I was really taking care of me and my needs and creating my version of spaciousness there's a big overlap between when I was prioritizing that and when things were rolling in real easily <laughs> so I love that as such a such a piece of example like such a, a proof that you get to do these things that create spaciousness for you and it will help you in the internal and the external ways yeah absolutely and I feel like I need to write it down and like as a consistent reminder because logically the brain doesn't go there oh yeah those, those are the first things to go when you get busy for sure you're like oh I don't have time for that if you're like actually this is the thing I should be making time for right now Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. I love this. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, okay. Do you want to like tell people like how do they connect with you? Where do they find you? I'm going to put everything obviously in the show notes, but like, I know that people are going to be obsessed with you. So how do they come into your world? How do they like do things with you? All the things. Oh yes. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. So my website is mariahmagazine.com. And if you hang out on Instagram, I'm Mariah Magazine CO. You can feel free to check out my YouTube channel. It's got tutorials and it's got recordings of like live interviews with I've done with other entrepreneurs in the space. And so my YouTube channel, you can search Mariah Magazine over there, or you can go to MariahMagazine.video. And if you're interested in learning about SEO, I have so many resources and stuff like that. You can head over to my website and find those. But the really cool thing that should be published by the time that this interview goes live is I'm working on, it's called the Connect and Collaborate Playbook. And so I'm kind of putting all of this information that I've learned. I've realized that like I've collaborated with over a hundred business owners. And I was like, holy shit, dude, like I did not even realize that. And so I'm putting together a playbook of like lessons that I've learned and like ways to use collaborations in order to gain visibility and to make marketing fun. So it's like tangible things that you can do. And then I break down like best practices and tips. Like I have done all of the research. And then I think the juiciest part that people are really going to love is that I've scoured the internet to be able to find like free networking groups for online business owners. I found like a bunch of memberships that really focus on collaborations. And like I'm linking to those along with um, links to groups and solutions that like you can start finding podcasts to pitch to. And so it's kind of, it's not like a database, like a spreadsheet. It's kind of like a running list in a Google doc. But I was like, I'm always telling people to connect and collaborate and like go and network. And everybody is always like, yeah, but I don't know where to find them. Like, where do I find ones that don't feel like super stuffy and corporate And so I have been in these groups. I've tested most of them out, not all of them, but I've tested most of them. And then like the memberships that I'm recommending, I've been a guest expert in these memberships. Like I know the people or at very least, like I've jumped on a coffee chat or one of my business friends has recommended it. 
So I'm putting together this list. It's the Connect and Collaborate Playbook. If you want to learn more about it, you can go to mariahmagazine.com slash playbook, and it should be up and ready by the time that this episode airs. That sounds awesome. I'm going to be getting that. That sounds incredible. What a resource. Look at oh, that thank one you. in action. That sounds so good. I can't wait to dive in myself. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps this one up. I'm sure I'm going to ask you to come back because I feel like we could talk endlessly. I'm pretty sure typically our coffee chats are like four hours. So maybe, uh, maybe, uh, what's the right word? It's not by, it's just by for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm already saying yes. Anytime <laughs> you want to have the conversation, I'm fucking here for it. I think that more people just need transparent, honest conversations like this. So I'm excited to see where your podcast goes and I'm excited to see where our friendship goes. I love it. Thank you so much. What was your takeaway from this episode? What action are you going to take? Come share it with me over on Instagram. It's linked in the show notes. There you will also find any other important information from this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not share it with a friend or leave a review? This helps others find the show, and I would be so grateful for your support.